Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your basketball info, uh, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as they have you covered for all of your insider sports wagering needs from basketball to MLB, NHL, golf, UFC, and boxing. It's the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that are available for you to play right from your home. Get in on the action. So head to the website or use your mobile device today to join in and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So am I allowed to play war on Bet Online? They, they do have war. It's actually f- pretty fun. Yeah, I like that. By the yeah. way, that was at Marcus underscore Mosher. This is the Power Rankings podcast, aka the Power Rankings show on Brinks and Believe and sponsored by Bet Online. We become a bunch of corporate shills. Look at us. Marcus wore a collared shirt. It's Not a, really. It's a Nike one. Shout out to Nike. <laughs> Shout out to Nike. Right. Just do it. You know, I like Nike. I don't know if I like it as much as Hurley. There you go. Can we name any more? What kind of bottle of water are you drinking? Uh, it's Walmart. Yeah. So we, yeah, Walmart really needs our help, huh? Uh, you know, we have been so negative lately. We've had like one podcast that was positive where we did our player that we thought, which ran yesterday, if you didn't hear it, it was a short, where we did kind of the one player that better be on the top 100, but we're afraid they won't be. So mm-hmm. take a listen to that. Uh, we also did a, a little bit longer length one in which we were negative Nancy's on about how the NFL's agreement with Peacock for a wild card game really changes the game, uh, both uh, maybe not on the field, but certainly in your viewing uh, instance. So if you want to listen to a little bit of the business of pro football, check that one out. Uh, but today we're kind of uh, expanding on the theme that we did because we didn't want to do another negative podcast. <laughs> I mean, uh, I would have done one. It's fine, but yeah, yeah, we could. You know what? Look, there's plenty of time. Maybe Thursday we'll do one of Marcus's uh, coined "Football is so dumb" mm. uh, podcasts. But I've got a lot of those. Yeah, but uh, since we did, we each had a player that we, uh, you know, thought should be in the top 100, and we were afraid maybe they wouldn't be. Um, we decided to kind of look at the top 100 and both think of who are the top eight players in the game. I like top eight players are. Totally elite. These are the elite of the elite. So Marcus's list, I've got I've got the rundown of teams right in front of me. So I'm pretty sure I know who the players are. He has not seen my list. We're going to reveal that after his. Uh, so let's start with number eight, Cincinnati Bengals. I know you love Jamar Chase. I know you love DJ Reader, mm. but there's no way this isn't Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow. And frankly, he's the one guy on this list that I wish I could have put a little bit higher. Uh, because he's so he's so much fun to watch. 
And he just, every time he plays a big time quarterback, he goes toe to toe with those guys. But Joe Burrow is absolutely, without a doubt, a top eight player in the NFL, kind of going into the season. I don't know how you argue against it. Uh, I don't argue against it. Um, I, I think his ability to be clutch, I think if I had to pick a player he's most similar to, I'm going with Travis Kelsey. In the biggest moments, those two guys come up bigger than anyone in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yes, I kind of leaving Patrick Mahomes out there and Mahomes has come up big plenty of times. He might be. On the I list. don't know. If, what's that? He made Mahomes. The list. Yeah, he might be. Yeah. On the list. We'll see. I don't know that there's a more clutch player than Travis Kelsey in the NFL, in my opinion. But I think Joe Burrow would be probably my next guy in that little specific category. But let's stay in the AFC North here because. Uh, I love seeing the Browns logo. It looks mm. so sweet on this rundown because it's so simple. But yeah. uh, I think I know who this is, too, and it ain't Amari Cooper. It's not Amari Cooper. It's Miles Garrett, uh, who I think is still the best pure pass rusher in the NFL. Like, if it's a third and nine, I've got no doubt that he's going to get a pressure and get to the quarterback. I don't think his team has been very good around him the last couple of years, and that's why he ultimately doesn't have the sack totals of a T.J. Watt or a Nick Bosa, but I'm telling you, he is so much better than those guys at just getting after the quarterback. I had to include him in the top eight. What game was it last year? He took over. He had like four sacks and just literally destroyed. I'm trying to remember if it was Baltimore. Ah, he just, and the thing is, if you leave him one-on-one, he's going to do that every game. He just rarely gets those opportunities because the other guys across from him have been so bad and unreliable the last few years. Do you feel like for a superstar player that he's almost underrated? Almost? Yeah, because he's been the best pass rusher in the league for the last four years, and he doesn't have a defensive MVP aboard. Like, it's crazy that he hasn't got one yet. You know, he's got 16 sacks each of the last two seasons. I mean, that's that's pretty stellar. I'm trying to find his uh, game last year that I'm thinking of here. He's he's just unbelievable. And remember, he did that despite getting in a car accident, middle of you know point of the season, having a whole bunch of injuries that he played through, and he was still phenomenal. Yeah, and we've talked about the Browns' defense, how disappointing they were last year. He didn't get a whole heck of a lot of help. I don't think you can say that about the other edge players, whether it's Micah Mm -hmm. Parsons or Bosa. Okay, I'm thinking the 2021 game against Chicago. It was in Cleveland, and he just absolutely single-handedly destroyed their offense in that game. He had four and a half sacks. He had six solo tackles, which is a lot for a defensive lineman. Four tackles for loss. Uh, I mean, my gosh, (laughs) what what more can you do, man? Um, Yeah, I'm I'm down with this one for sure. So, all right. So, that's uh, we got our first two off the board. By the way, would Amari Cooper make your top 100? I think he'd be on the fringe. Like, I think he'd be in the 90s somewhere. Okay, fair enough. I know who number six is. It's the Rams. I know you don't think Cooper Cup is that great. Uh, this is Aaron Donald all the way. It is Aaron Donald. I do think Cooper Cup is, Cooper Cup is great. He just uh, you're meh about him. No, that's a, he. He would have been on the list if he could have stayed healthy last year. He was on a ridiculous pace. But it's Aaron Donald, right? Still the most dominant defensive tackle I have ever seen. I know he's getting up there in age a little bit. And the Rams kind of rested him down the stretch, but he was as dominant as ever last season. He's still going to be on the list. Well, this will be year 10 for him. He came out in 2014, right Mm -hmm. out of Pittsburgh. And 
you know, there have been a lot of defensive uh, tackles that have played really well late in their career. I mean, Merlin Olson made like 14 Pro Bowls, okay? Uh, Randy White was still an all-pro level player. He, Randy White was the best defensive tackle in football in his 10th year. That would have been 1984. Uh, there have been plenty of guys that have played at a really high level. Um, Fletcher Cox has slipped, I think, a little bit. I think it's fair to say he's not the same guy that he mm-hmm. was, but he's also well past year 10. Um, maybe Aaron Donald won't be the same guy he was in 2016, 2018. But if Aaron Donald is 90% of what he was, he's still the best defensive lineman in football. And th- that's exactly so, right. Like he could you know, fall off by 10, 15% and still be an all pro player every year. So I think you nailed it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So number five, I have a pretty good guess who this is. You're a huge fan of this guy. So uh, I know it's Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about his historic statistical pace, because you've told me before that his yardage and touchdowns in terms of his, it's like, it's ridiculous. The first three years, I know it's one of your favorite stats. He has the most receiving yards ever by a player going into his age 22 season, 23 season and 24 season. He's got the most receiving yards ever after the first three years of a player's career and by a ton. He is so far above everybody in yards per route run and the efficiency stats. And yet, for some reason, I don't think we view him as the consensus top receiver in the NFL. I think if you ask 100 people who's the best receiver in the NFL, you'd get people saying Tyreek Hill, or maybe it's uh, Jamar Chase, or maybe it's Cooper Cup. I, I think Wilson. I, yeah, exactly. CD Lamb. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's just so clearly Justin Jefferson for me. I, I, I'm. I'm blown away by how great he was last season. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's like five games ahead of the pace of anybody else. When you're talking about, you know, it's the only guy I can really think of is Randy Moss. Now, Randy Moss didn't get the ball thrown to him near as much as Justin Jefferson because Chris Carter was a Hall of Fame player still playing great football uh, at that stage of the game. And Randy Moss, they used really more for a deep threat his first couple of years, but uh, yeah, a Justin Jefferson special, no argument here. I think it helps him to play with Kirk Cousins, not because Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the league, but something we've talked about is Kirk Cousins is out there every week. He's at practice. Yeah. He's at the game. He he has this consecutive start streak going on, and those guys know each other uh, yeah. you know, on the field, and that's really important. Let's go to number four. Got the Dallas Cowboys. Once again, I'm pretty sure this isn't Zach Martin. <laughs> Although it could have been. I mean, Zach Martin, I still think, is the best guard in the NFL, but it's Micah yeah. Parsons. Can't it's, put that at four, though. Man. No, no, no. Uh, it's Micah Parsons. I think in terms of being a pure pass rusher, I think Miles Garrett is a little bit better, but Parsons can do so many other things, right? He can stop the run. He can do the chase down stuff in the run game. He can play off the ball linebacker. And I went back and watched the two playoff games that he played this year. And he was unbelievable. I mean, just throwing offensive linemen around. The first three plays of the Tampa Bay game, he had two tackles for a loss and a sack. And then when he got tired, rather than coming off the field, they just put him at linebacker. Like, okay, hey, your your rest is going to be playing off the ball linebacker. He played like 85 plays in that game. I, I, I think he's the best pure defensive player we have in the league right now. It's a, that's a tough one. I mean, I think the versatility goes a long way with him and uh, you know, we'll see as he gets older here, he's probably going to get a little stronger, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, guys in their mid to late twenties are a little bit stronger. And the key is for the Aaron Donalds of the world that have already been through this phase, you know, 25 through 28, do they lose any quickness 
an explosion and want to as they get stronger. The other thing that goes up as they get older is the football IQ, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just talking about being able to identify formations. So the more Micah, they slide him into linebacker. I know Cowboy fans don't want to see that. They want to see him go after and get sacks. But if Micah starts really recognizing everything the offense is trying to do and he doesn't lose any quickness and he gets stronger, he could be the best player in the NFL at some point. It, it could happen. So, uh, you know, you don't have a big argument for me on that one, at least not yet. We'll wait until I reveal mine. Let's go. to I, Right now I'm being super positive. So let's okay. go uh, number three. Now, the Chiefs have a lot of players. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they have Mahomes. They have Creed Humphrey, maybe the best center in the league. They've got the best tight end in the league. They've got one of the best uh, three-technique defensive tackles in the league. There's several ways. You, they've got one of the best kickers in the league. Like, there's a lot of different ways you could go with Kansas City. Uh, uh, um, he's not on the list, but Joe Thune is like one of the best guards who can yep. also play tackle. Yep. He saved the Chiefs' butt last year being able to play tackle for them. But it's Travis Kelsey for the, all the reasons that you mentioned at the top of the show, right? If it's third and six, there is no player I trust more to get me seven yards in the league than Travis Kelsey, right? Like he is unstoppable in the short to intermediate parts of the game. And you know, when it's a big game and the game is on the line, he is going to show up and he's going to make the big plays. He's not even really a tight end. He's really a slot receiver. One of the most dominant, you know, receiving weapons we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot I can say here. You know, Marcus doesn't like for me to flex my muscles on this pod. So we talk about draft because that's his thing. We don't talk history at all. But that's okay. You know, I, I want Marcus to shine that's with his collared Nike shirt. Great job, Nike. Uh, but he's kind of the modern day Shannon Sharp in the sense mm-hmm. that uh, I remember the 1997 AFC championship game. Pittsburgh plays Denver. Uh, it's in Pittsburgh. It's third and six, just like you mentioned. And John Elway's going to Shannon Sharp. And in the post-game interview, Shannon Sharp says, everybody in the stadium knew who the ball was going to. And some people might think that's cocky, but it's true. I knew exactly where that ball was going. And it was in coverage. And he was a super clutch player uh, for those Broncos, Terrell Davis teams. He doesn't have the numbers, Travis Kelsey, but that's a little bit who Kelsey reminds me of uh-huh. in that sense. Um, he loves playing the game. He reminds me of Gronk in that sense. And... I think sometimes people underestimate Kelsey or Gronk, maybe not thinking that they're super smart guys. I've heard that. And, uh, you know, they're a lot smarter than you can, you think, I guarantee mm-hmm. you, because like what I said about recognizing formations, you think Travis Kelsey doesn't line up and know exactly what the defense is trying to do, how they're trying to bracket him, what kind of mm-hmm. coverage it is. Um, you know, the Chiefs don't miss hot reads. Very intelligent player. Uh, I love it. I love it. Let's go to number two. This could now number two could be two different well, guys. It, that's what I was going to say with the 49ers. How many yeah. players of the 49ers team could you make a legitimate argument that they're the best player at their respective position? Right. It's all right. Christian so, McCaffrey. Yeah. Trent Williams. Trent Williams. Fred Warner. George, Fred Warner. George Kittle. George Kittle. Nick uh, Bosa. Nick Bosa. Yeah. Five. Um, right. Five guys that we could choose from here. And if I want a kicker to make a playoff field goal, I think I'd like Robbie Gold. He's still available in free agency if you want him. Uh, I, I went with Trent Williams. I, I still think he's the best offensive lineman in the league. And I know he's getting older and he's not quite as athletic as he was in his earlier days with Washington. But he just has everything figured out, right? Like the power and the feel and knowing where to be and knowing when to use his power. 
San Francisco can run their entire offense basically behind him because they have somebody that's that big and can just block out the team's best pass rusher. I I, I think he's phenomenal. Micah versus Trent. Who are you taking? It was a really good matchup last year in the playoffs when they went against each other. I, I would lean Trent, but Micah made him work. He really did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, people might say, well, that's indicative that Mike is a better player. I mean, Trent Williams is in like year, what, what is it, 13? 2011. 2010? 2011. So this will yeah. be year 13. You know, Mike is in what, year four? He's going I mean, into year three. Or year three, excuse me. So that's a 10-year gap in experience, you know. And so, of course, Mike is going to have a better motor at this point. Um, but – yeah, Trent Williams is a beast. He's I mean, got all the like, tricks, right? Like Trent Williams knows yeah. all the little things to do to to cover up for some of the lack of athleticism. But it's not even like his athleticism has declined. We saw them last year put him in motion and just crush defensive ends. It's it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think Kittle gets hurt a little too much. I think Bolsa gets hurt a little too much. Trent Williams has been pretty pretty. And oh, look, that's part of the game. Uh, McCaffrey, I don't know that running back is valuable enough to be putting him at second overall player in the league. I wouldn't even put McCaffrey in the top 20 players in the league right now. Fred Warner is an interesting one, though, Mm -hmm. because, man, that guy does a little bit of everything. You're talking about what Micah does. Fred Warner, Fred Warner is to dropping into pass coverage what Micah is to rushing the quarterback. I mean, the play that Fred Warner made down the field in in the seam in the game you're talking about. You know which play I'm talking about? Of course, on CD Lamb. I think it was a CD Lamb. Oh, my gosh. That was... More impressive play than any sack I saw last year by a linebacker. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, number one, I think this is an obvious choice. Kansas City Chiefs, roll yeah, it out. It's Patrick Mahomes who might end up going down as one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game in the prime of his career. Doesn't even really matter who's that wide receiver for him, and he's still going to put up 30 points per game. He's he's awesome. He's the best player in our league by, I think, a significant margin right now. I do, too. Uh, there's no argument there. He is clutch, too. I I I, I I didn't mean to make it sound like Travis Kelsey is a clutch one and Mahomes isn't. I just, you know, Mahomes has control of his situation. Yeah. And Mahomes has been beaten a few times by uh, Burrow, for example, in head-to-head matchups where Burrow outplayed him. I just don't see Travis Kelsey get beat by anybody. But, uh, I mean, we're splitting hairs here saying who's more clutch. I mean, if you said Mahomes is the most clutch you, They're almost league, tied together. Argue. It's yeah, almost tied like, together. Yeah. It's like Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili, right? Like, how yeah. do you separate those two guys with all their playoff success? Yeah. And how do I pick apart Patrick Mahomes? I mean, that's just yeah, exactly. Dumb. You know, Patrick yeah. Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. You get no argument from me. So that leads me into this. Uh, so we've gone over these players at length. I have my own list. How many players do you think we have different on our list? I'll say three. Three? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Courtney, can you uh, do the little reveal for us? The little. Uh, Switcheroo. Here we go. Ah, okay. So you see the rundown there. Uh, we got Jets, Vikings, Chiefs, Niners, Browns, Rams, Bengals, Chiefs. A lot of the same teams. A lot of the same teams. So I'm going to go quickly over mine because I will tell you that a lot of them are the same. But number eight is Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. This is a tip of the cap, Marcus, to the difficulty of the position. I know he was a rookie, but I'm bending the rules on this one player because I think corner is the hardest position to play in the NFL, even over quarterback, because quarterback, the rules are so favored towards them that I think it's harder to be an elite corner. How many elite corners do we have versus elite quarterbacks? We have more elite quarterbacks than we do elite corners. 
And yet there are three or four corners on the field sometimes at one time. That tells you how difficult this position is. Yeah, I think we only have two or three elite corners in the league at a time. And those guys are not super consistent from year to year. That's what I want to see from Sauce next. Can you put together back-to-back really good seasons? But I've had no problem with this at all. Like, If I would have done a top 10 list, he probably would have been 9 or 10. So I'm good with this. Uh, Minnesota, we talked about Justin Jefferson. Uh, For me... I know Tyreek Hill was amazing last year, but if I've got a 50-50 ball that I need to throw up and, and just let my guy go get it, I, the, the catch that Justin Jefferson made against Buffalo last year was crazy mm-hmm. on fourth and long, the one-handed grab. We mentioned all of his stats. I, I think this one's pretty easy for me. Uh, number six, I have Travis Kelsey, uh, just like you did. And I have him on this list because of his clutch play in 18 career playoff games. He has over 1,500 yards as a tight end. This is against the best competition, right? In the biggest games, yep. And 16 touchdown catches. It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, I, I Honestly, you could have put him higher. Uh, number five, which 49er do you think I have? Trent Williams. You are correct, sir. Yeah. I have Trent Williams. Uh, because he is the best player in his position. Honestly, I labored over this one. I kind of wanted to put him higher. I didn't. And the reason I didn't is because at number four, I have Miles Garrett. I think Miles Garrett has gone a little underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Who was the top edge player on Pro Football Focus? Who, Marcus, you love PFF? It wasn't Micah Parsons. It, it was, was Miles, Miles Garrett. Garrett. Yep. And Miles Garrett's not only done that one year. He's been playing at that level for, what, five years now at least? I mean, he was good out of the gate, quite frankly, in 2017. Um, So I gave him the tip of the cap here because he's been doing it at this level for longer. Although, look, if you put Bosa, Parsons, Garrett, and even uh, Max Crosby in in a little dish, and I got to choose anyone I wanted, I'll take whoever I come up with, honestly, at this point. Yeah, but and it just depends on what you value, right? If you want the best pure pass rusher. I still think it's Garrett. And actually, I think there's a bigger gap between Garrett as a pass rusher than Bosa and Parsons as a pass rusher. Like I, I, He's so good there, but if you value versatility or being able to stop the run, you might pick a different edge. So I'm in agreement here. You know, and I, I looked at this too, because maybe we we'll, should spend a little longer on this one. I don't have, I'm just going to roll it out. I don't have Michael Parsons on my list. I thought about him very, very hard. Um, part of the reason is, I think Mike gets a lot of help. Let's start with the fact that he's got one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Any argument there uh, no. in Dan no. Quinn? You've got Demarcus Lawrence on the other side. Uh, you have a, a middle linebacker that came back and had a really good year in Leighton Vander Esch. You've got Trayvon Diggs, who maybe didn't have the interceptions last year, but had a very good cover year. And I'm going to eat some crow. I was a little down on the Cowboys safeties the last couple of years i thought the cowboys safeties played really well in 2022 i think all of those factors really help out micah and i'm not taking anything away from him but does miles garrett have any of that no he doesn't um you know he's had some other really good players on defense that he's played with uh but no he doesn't have that same defensive coordinator and that's why joe woods lost his job this year right he, he just wasn't able to get enough out of the non miles garrett players Right. And part of Micah's versatility is that you are moving him around like a chess piece. Sometimes he'll blitz up the middle. Sometimes he goes up against the left tackle. You can move him over to the other side if Demarcus Lawrence is banged up. Um, 
Mike is coming from anywhere the Cowboys want to send him. Miles Garrett is going up against your best tackle. You know, he's going up against a, a great player all the time or a very good tackle all the time. It's just a little different scenario. You it, know? it is. It, I mean, the, the good thing with Miles Garrett is he he really only rushes from the left side, right? So he's going up mm-hmm. against right tackles mm-hmm. um, or uh, just depending on the game. Where with Micah, he's got to learn like, okay, going up against the left tackle versus going up against the right guard is different. You've got to be a lot yes. quicker inside. Or if I'm playing off the ball linebacker, I've got to be able to, you know, recognize coverage stuff. I think, I don't think you could switch those guys and have them have more success. Like Garrett's not an off the ball linebacker, just like no. Parsons isn't a every down left base defensive end. Right. So again, I went with Miles Garrett here because he has been consistently great for five years. Now, I know with Sauce, I didn't do that. That's because I think what Sauce does is harder than what Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons does. And uh, honestly, it's your fault. You're the one that really turned me on to Sauce. Sauce was awesome. You were like, dude, have you seen the year this guy is having? Like, he may have had the best year in the NFL. He was PFF's top-rated corner Uh as a rookie. When when Uh does that ever happen? Never. That that a rookie corner is uh, maybe the best defensive player in the league. Uh, Ridiculous. Uh, Okay, number three. This is... uh, this one was easy for me, and I could have put Aaron Donald higher. I could put Aaron Donald at two. Sure. I know last year wasn't the big year, but we can't just base everything on last year, except for Sauce. Uh, what Aaron Donald did in the NFC Championship, where he kind of took over on that last drive two years ago, is part of the Travis Kelsey, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes factor. I think over the last decade, Aaron Donald has been the best player in the NFL, period. I'm saying over the last decade because Patrick Mahomes didn't become a starter into 2018. I don't know how you overlook that. I I think Aaron Donald is the third greatest defensive player in the history of pro football. I've got Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White and then Aaron Donald. The reason I have no issues with this at all, because if you just ask anybody, hey, who was the best defensive player the last decade? Everybody is going to say Aaron Donald. There's there's not even going to be an argument. He is going. He's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame. They're not even going to have a discussion when they get to the the Hall of Fame panel. I'm good with this. I, I still thought last year he was every bit as dominant as he was the year before. He just didn't have the same talent around him, so I'm good. All right, so we need some runway for this next one here. Um, I thought of everyone on my list, this would surprise you even more than Sauce Gardner, that I have Joe Burrow as the number two player in the NFL. Number one, Marcus knows I love defense. I'm talking about Marcus like he's not here. It's one of my favorite things to do. I talk about all the time, don't I, with you online and offline that I think the quarterback is too important to the game and it bothers me. Mm -hmm. But because I feel that way and I acknowledge that the quarterback has bloated importance in the NFL, which I don't like, it's still a fact. And based on the position, I have a hard time putting any of these guys over Joe Burrow because he's Travis Kelsey under the helmet to me. Uh, I mean, under the center to me. He is that super, super clutch guy that raises his game against some of the best competition. And we've seen it uh, the last couple of years now. He just, he reminds me of Joe Flacco a little bit in the sense, I know he's better than Joe Flacco, but do you remember how icy cool Joe Flacco was in the 2012 postseason? Sure. Where like nothing bothered him, nothing, Yeah, you know, turn out the lights in the Super Bowl. I'm good. You know, make me go play at Denver where I've got to complete a yep. 70 yard ball. I'm good. Um, I, I 
maybe I'm overrating Joe Burrow here. You're not. Uh, you're not. I mean, but we please. both have him as the second best quarterback in the league. So we're we're in agreement there, right? There is something to the idea of like the lights will never be too bright for Joe Burrow. The stage mm-hmm. is never going to be bigger. He won a national championship. He's already played in the Super Bowl. In three years in the NFL, he's already played in the AFC Championship game twice. And they've been really, really competitive. On top of that, if you want to make the argument that Burrow is better than Mahomes, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you should, mm-hmm. but look what Burrow had to deal with when he started his career compared to uh-huh. what Mahomes did, right? Mahomes yeah. walked into a situation with a coach who was already well-established as one of the sure. best coaches in the league onto a playoff team with two all-pro weapons in Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Meanwhile, the Bengals were a laughing stock of the NFL, right? A, a, a franchise that was known for being really cheap and never really getting past the wild card round of the playoffs to now they are viewed as on the same tier as Kansas City. He's a culture changer. And I, that's why I have no problem at all if anybody wants to put him at number two. Did you mention rookie head coach when yeah. Joe Burrow stepped in? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to add to that. Uh, significant knee injury as mm-hmm. a rookie comes back from it after being you know thrust in the lineup from day one. Um, also, uh, it's not just Andy Reid. Pretty good support staff there in Kansas City as well. Also, a veteran quarterback who, by all accounts, is a great guy um, mm-hmm. that you can learn from who led the NFL in passer rating the year that you're so you're again, I'm not saying Alex Smith was this hall of fame player, but you're out there and you are watching a guy who's literally leading the NFL in efficiency, running the offense that you're trying to learn. Who's a great guy. Um, I just think it, it took the pressure off. They even did it. They did everything right. Mm-hmm. Having him start against the Broncos the last week of the year, you know, and Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes didn't blow the doors off the Broncos. I think he threw for like 279 and two scores, something like that. Um, but I, yeah, I think the whole situation was totally different. Um, yeah, so Joe Burrow is my number two, but Patrick Mahomes is my number one. There's no argument here. He's the best player in the NFL. He might be the most important guy to his team in professional sports. Um, obviously, that's debatable. I know you're a huge LeBron guy. Uh, by the way, did the Lakers end up winning last night? They were losing bad when I... Watching. Uh, ended up being a three-point game at the end, and uh, they ended up losing. But yeah, fun game. It, it, would you consider Patrick Mahomes the most important player to his team in any sport, at least as far as you know? Probably. I think the only other option is Nikolai Jokic for the Denver Nuggets, who should have been the MVP of the league. But yeah, I think so. Like you put Patrick Mahomes on your team, and it's basically a guaranteed AFC Championship appearance every year that he's healthy. It's pretty hard to say. I mean, it's pretty hard to say anybody else is more impactful than he is. All right. So one of the things I love to do with Marcus, just give you some rapid fire question kind of takes. So uh, one guy on my list that you think is totally ranked improperly. I I don't have a problem with any of the eight names that you have. I, I, I think I would have been maybe a little tiny bit lower on sauce, but I still think like he's without a doubt a top 12 player in the league. So I'm not going to throw a big fit about you having him eight versus 11. Like it's just not that big of a deal. And the fact is that of these eight names, we have seven that are similar. So obviously we have a pretty good feel for 
who we think are the best players in the league. By the way, just to review everybody, if you're listening and not watching here. So my eighth player is Sauce Gardner of the Jets. Seventh is Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. Uh, I've got Travis Kelsey, six for Kansas City. Trent Williams of the 49ers at five. Miles Garrett at four. Uh, I've got Aaron Donald at three. I've got Joe Burrow at two. And I've got Patrick Mahomes at one. Marcus and I were pretty similar on most of these. Our biggest differences were he had Joe Burrow at eight. I have Joe Burrow at two. I have Travis Kelsey at six. He had Travis Kelsey at three. And then Trent Williams, we were differing by three spots as well. I have Trent Williams at five. Marcus had him at two. Did you feel, does it feel weird to have an offensive lineman as the second best player in the league? No, not at all. In fact, I was going to ask you, who is the one player that you maybe regret or feel really bad about leaving off the list? Because for me, it was Lane Johnson. Like I really wanted to find a spot to put Lane Johnson inside my top eight. He would probably be the next name, but no, I don't have any problem at all having an offensive lineman this high. I felt bad about leaving Micah off because I wonder if I had kind of an anti-Cowboy bias on that. You know, I grew up around the Cowboys and so they're all, and you obviously you do locked on Cowboys. So I always feel like the Cowboys are on the mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and I did, uh, well, I don't want to give that away. Um, But uh, I, so I, I kind of thought that that may have worked against Micah a little bit on this list. I always hate leaving Max Crosby off of anything because I think he's such a stellar player. Would you have had Um, Micah in your top 10 if we did 10 instead of eight? Yeah. You really making me think about Lane Johnson though, because I'm not sure Micah is better than Lane Johnson. Uh, That's tough. Like those two to me are even Steven. Um, But I'd probably go Micah. I'd probably go Micah there. Um, Josh Allen. I hated to leave Josh Allen off. Um, I feel like maybe I've been a little hard on him. He was actually pro football Focus's top rated mm-hmm. quarterback last year. Um, and, you know, PFF is not, uh, it's not, not the, the final word yeah. on everything, but, you know, you have to take that in mind. Marcus and I both have a little bit of issue with some of the boneheaded turnovers. We talked about Justin Jefferson in that Bills game, but what really saved that game for the Vikings was uh, turnovers by Josh Allen, one of which mm-hmm. was to Patrick Peterson as the Bills were driving in the red zone. Um, yeah, okay. So as you look at this, you, you look at the eight, do you think that maybe you did anything wrong? You look at mine and say, you know what, Elliot might be right. I was wondering if sauce would just make you no, think a little I, bit. Like- I mean, the one for me is Joe Burrow. I mean, I'm glad that we both had him on the list. It's just how... <laughs> Because this isn't a, a list of value, right? Because if it was value, the, these would all be quarterbacks, right? It's who were the best players in the league. And I, I think you could make an argument that Joe Burrow's the second best player or the eighth best player in the league. But that that's the only real one for me. Because you have to remember, like Justin Jefferson, there's a two-spot difference. It's not that big of a deal, right? Now, if we're talking 20 or 30 spots, that's significant. But Trent Williams being at two rather than five, like, who cares? He's he's getting recognized as one of the best players in the league. Next question. Was there anybody on my list or not on my list that you thought, oh, Elliot's going to have him? Because I, I have one for you. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to put Fred Warner on your list, to be honest. I was kind of surprised yeah. to not see him. Yeah, I thought Tyreek Hill was going to be on yours for and, sure. And, and he, I think he and Lane Johnson would be the next two guys for me, just because. Yeah. You know what you're getting from Tyreek every single year. And there's not a scarier receiver with the ball in his hands than Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I, it's funny. Someone just banged on my door. I should, I would I should have been like, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> you know, I wonder how often that, that, that kind of stuff happens. Probably more uh, and more know, now, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. My last question for you, who is the best player at their job in the NFL? Assuming we're not talking about long snappers, right? Yeah. And no positional value whatsoever here. Um, long snapper is a little too deep a dive for yeah. me, but yeah. Who's the best player at their job? I'll still say Patrick Mahomes, but number two would be Justin Tucker for me. I mean, just he's so good and you're just shocked whenever he misses a kick. Right. And that's kind of the definition of being good at your job. If, like if people are just absolutely appalled or not appalled, they're just shocked when you don't make a kick. Typically it means you're not bad. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes was the best quarterback in the regular season this year. I don't know. It, it, it's tough. Um, PFF's rankings did make me think a little bit because Josh Allen did have a really great regular he season. He did. There he was just did. too many games where he wasn't good enough. Yes, but his running ability is so hard is. to defend. I think my two, if it wasn't Patrick Mahomes, if we just kind of put him to the side for a second, that's your pick. I'll pick someone. To, I'm, I would be between Justin Tucker and Trent Williams, but I think, I think Trent Williams would be an easy person to write down there and get yeah. no argument. I mean, hasn't he been the highest graded player on PFF yeah. the last two years? I know can, he was the year before. Can I give you one more? Yeah. It, now he's, he's not the best tight end in the league, but if you want somebody that can block and catch, you know, and can basically do everything that you traditionally ask a tight end to do. I'm not sure there's anybody better at their job than George Kittle, right? Travis Kelsey is listed as a tight end, but he can't line up in the backfield and block your defensive end or, you know, block a linebacker in space. I, I just don't know if anybody is better at doing everything that's required to be a tight end than George Kittle. You're right. I mean, I think the injury problems are really what keeps him off of a list like this. Now, if you're starting to talk about top 20 players, uh, now, now you have to really consider him. But, you know, we didn't even mention another 49er who's graded his job. His just position doesn't have near the value it did in the 80s and 90s. That's Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. He's been a fantastic player. For the, you talk about sure. a versatile football player. Um, they use him in a lot of different ways. But, you know, going back to Miles Garrett here, because uh, we don't talk Miles Garrett that much, we really don't. Miles Garrett's going to the Miles yeah. Garrett's going to the Hall of Fame. I think the deal with Mason Rudolph, uh, that whole thing is a lot of what people have remembered about Miles Garrett's career. Would you disagree with that? Uh, yeah, being around all this. Well, because it was a primetime game, right? It was a primetime yes. game. I think it was a Monday Night Football game, and that's all we talked about for two weeks. Yes, and. Being that he's been with a team like the Browns that have pretty much been a disappointment, and when they did make the playoffs and they did beat the Steelers in the playoffs, it really became about Baker Mayfield and whether or not he would ever return to that level. Mm -hmm. Then it was about Odell Beckham and whether or not he was a disappointment with them, and you know where was he going to end up? And then even people in fantasy that that you know very few people play IDP, right? People mm -hmm. only care about fantasy defenses. The top player on the Browns has been Nick Chubb. Because running backs are so, so important. I mean, where's Nick Chubb going in a typical fantasy draft? I mean, uh, late first, early second round. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say top round, man. So um, I just think Miles Garrett has been such a special player. He is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he is better than TJ Watt. And let me tell you, TJ Watt gets so much more credit than he does.
And it's it's a really weird thing because he's a superstar, man. It, it, what's crazy is you're right. Cleveland has been a bit of a disappointment, but it's not like the Steelers have thrived with TJ Watt. They've never won a playoff game in the entire time that Watt's been there, right? So as disappointing as the Browns have been, Steelers have been pretty disappointing during that same stretch as well. Yeah, they have. And so, you know, and then I think with Aaron Donald, what we should say here is um, because of the Rams awful season last year, and and I'm going to package this with Cooper Cup and maybe to some extent Jalen Ramsey, although he's not there anymore. These are really great football players and Cooper Cup. I think too much has been made of Sean McVay and Cooper Cup kind of being some system player. I mean, there's a lot of want to there. I mean, Cooper Cup plays hard all the time. He makes every catch. As you mentioned, the pace he was on last year, wasn't he going to have like 1,900 yeah. and something yards? Yeah. Um, you know, and then with Aaron Donald, yeah. So you have one down year uh, with some injury woes. You know, we just, uh, J.J. Watt's going to go first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah. People celebrated his career and they should. They should. He had a, a really nice end of his career with the Cardinals. I thought he had a really nice year. But J.J. Watt's prime after year, was it four or five? I think after 2015, or was it 2015 that he had the first real back problems? And yeah. that was year five for him, yeah. right? So 11, he was a rookie. 12, 13, and 14, he was the best defensive player in football. Then the injury problem started, and he was still really good at times. Aaron Donald's had no letdown, man, no, until none. this past year. And that's partially because they shut him down. Um, I think it's premature for people to think that he's not still the best defensive player in football. Last thing on Aaron Donald. Um, if I said he's a top five defensive player of all time, do you think I'm off? No, I I think he's top three. I, 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 I'm telling you, he's. I've got Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, and Aaron Donald. I probably have Ronnie Lott after him. Uh, mean Joe Green, Deacon Jones are certainly up there. Ed what about Reed this guy that's right over there. my shoulder? Dion is top 20 defensive player of all time for me, not top 10. Okay. Not top 10. I don't think. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to really do it. If you know, I shouldn't say that. He might make the back end of the top 10. He'll make okay. the back end of the top 10. Perhaps. I in my personal rankings that do not matter at all, I have Aaron Donald <laughs> as the second best player of all time on defense. You can't put him over Reggie White, but I can't. can't because Why not? Reggie, I just did. Reggie, <laughs> because I'll tell you, because Reggie White played inside and outside. Uh, Reggie White literally had 13 and a half sacks as a rookie when he played double time. He had played in the USFL, so he played an insane amount of games that year. In the strike season of 87, he had 21 sacks in 12 games. Uh, he goes to Green Bay when nobody wanted to go to Green Bay, and he's every bit as much the reason as Brett Favre that that team won a Super Bowl. Um, his last full year, '98, he had like double-digit sacks, and it was 16 his sacks. Yep. Yeah, sixteen sacks. That was his 14th NFL season, and that was his 16th professional season because he played two years in the USFL. Um, yeah, Reggie White. Unbelievable. It, it's early. I'm just saying if Aaron Donald can have, if he can play like five more years and keep up the current pace that he's at with like 12 and a half sacks a season. Now we're talking because the numbers are going to be very similar. All right. All right. So I, because this, we could deep dive on this topic. Yeah, we're not going to do this, but those are the top yeah, three. Let's just, let's we're just 42 minutes in. We're, we're going to get, get out of here. Does that count as your final thought or do you have a different one? Uh, no, that's good. Aaron Donald. Really yeah. good. Big takeaway from the show. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wasn't going to let you finish anyway. <laughs> if you want to hear Marcus finish, uh, head over to Locked On Cowboys, where he'll set with uh, Landon McCoy. You'll hear him finish a lot of thoughts about how a certain Cowboys underrated that we all know is overrated. Mm. Uh, there's that. And he also covers the Raiders for USA Today. Raiders Wire, which... He should probably write something on Max Crosby and where he should yes. be in the top 100. Also writes for Pro Football Focus. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL Twitter. We really appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you later. By the way, this show is sponsored by Bet Online. We appreciate them as well. See y'all. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.